Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. A little over a year ago, Rob Riley joined WPP as its first chief creative officer with a remit to make it the most creative company in the world. Since then, it was named the most creative company of the year at Cannes two years running. How has he done it? In part by poaching top talent such as Global Ogilvy's chief creative officer, Liz Taylor, and Global Director of Creative Excellence, Eric Monet. Also by meeting increasing client demands to work in a more integrated way across the network. WPP's OpenX is a prime example of bringing together agencies such as VML, YNR, and Ogilvy on behalf of a global client. But mostly it's been by continuing to fill the business with curious people. In this episode, Riley chats about his role at WPP, shares his view on the role of industry award shows, and debates the benefits and drawbacks of working from home for creatives. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, so you joined WPP as their first ever chief creative officer. I Talk did. to me. I did. Yeah. Did, you, did you forget? Right. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about the role. I mean, there's not usually a holding company level CCO, right? So talk about what the purpose of the role is and then a little bit about what your day to day is like. Hmm. Well, we can just go back even further as to why I took the role or and sure. why I was created. You know, I happened to uh, this guy, Joe Shirota, had uh, connected me to Mark Reed. Joe Shirota is a deputy global CCO of, of Ogilvy. I'm sure you know who he is. And yes. uh, I, I'm friends with him. And we had been doing through Zoom, you know, during the pandemic, you know, we had set up this uh, sort of all these different CCOs from around, you know, different networks and different agencies all just got on a Zoom just to talk about things like lots of people did. It was really fun and inspiring to talk to other CCOs with no agenda other than just like talking about, you know, the difficulty of trying to be a leader within a pandemic and making fun of each other and having a glass of wine if if it was appropriate at the time. And then Joe called me after. He's like, oh, I feel like you should, you know, um, you know, be, be a CEO or like, come be a CEO of Ogilvy. He was kind of joking. And I'm like, yeah, I, go, I don't think so. But he goes, we should talk to Mark anyway. So I t- ended up talking to Mark and, you know, hit it off with, with him. And the main reason is uh, he said, I, I want WPP to be uh, the, the greatest, you know, holding company in the world, the most creative holding company in the world. And uh, I was like, wow, you know, creative people are pretty simple, you know, pay, pay us fairly, you know, don't lie to us and care deeply about creativity. You know, and I've said that a couple of times. So uh, Mark's having that ambition was, you know, you know, all the rest of the stuff works itself out, you know, mm-hmm. money hard. And, you know, like if you're not too greedy, everything works itself out. And what's the most important is that you have a CEO who cares deeply about creativity. And when you're a CEO of a public holding company and you say, I want to be the most creative holding company in the world, you have to deliver. I knew that. And I was prepared, you know, after you know, having been at McCann for seven years and, uh, you know, accomplishing a, a great deal with so many great people. I was just one small part of it. 
but to go from not necessarily one of the strongest holding companies, uh, uh, network agencies in the world to the best, you know, over that period of time, I was very proud of the accomplishment that I had, you know, achieved with, with a number of great partners around the world and, you know, looking for that next challenge. And, you know, at a certain point you reach an age, you're like, okay, what do I want to do? Where, where, where do I want to go? And you either are getting bigger or getting smaller. You're not usually staying the same size. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to necessarily go anywhere else. I was very happy at McCann. But when the, the, the offer came in to help turn WPP into the most creative holding company, it was too irresistible in some ways because I want to have as much impact on employees as possible. And WPP has 110,000 employees and also have as much impact on the world through the brands we work with. And the best way to do that is with the biggest. So the yeah. scale of WPP was the, the attractive part of it. And then as we you know, sort of negotiated, you know, me joining over a period of months in many Zoom call, uh, Teams calls, uh, Microsoft Teams uh, calls. Uh, we, <laughs> shout um, out. Well, shout out. I love Microsoft. We can talk about Microsoft <laughs> all day. I love, I love that brand. Uh, and worked a lot on it and marketer of the year two years ago at can very very proud of that um you know i we decided like why are we just shooting to be the most creative holding company we have the size have the media the largest media and in my opinion the best media company in the world in group m and the companies that make up group m uh why aren't we just trying to be the most creative company in the world why why holding company you know because really you want the the, the, the competitive set to be Disney and Netflix and Google, not just the other holding companies. And I love that we arrived at that ambition. I love, and as grandiose as it sounds and as unrealistic as it may sound to some people, the fact that I have a CEO partner in Mark Reed who has that ambition, well, that was all it took for me. And, yeah. uh, you know, so that that's kind of the reason I joined. You know, I, I, no one's really asked me why I joined and how I joined. Well, you were at, you had such a great career at McCann. It must have been it must have been a big decision to move to a different company. Of course, it's it's a giant decision, you know, because the the work is, of, of course, important. But, the you know, you can find the work in a lot of different places, but it's the people. Mm-hmm. You know, and then mm-hmm. the partners you have and um I think agencies are successful or not, depending on who's running it. You know, I think leadership yeah. is an incredibly important thing, especially the CEOs. So, you know, when, when Harris left too, he was he was my CEO partner. Again, you know, things just changed. You know, it was right. Suzanne Powers who, you know, is one of the best strategy and leaders, and she's the president now. I mean, she, you know, we, we, we spend every day together. You know, and that was a key also of, of being in the same place and, and working closely together. So it, it was a great run. But in, in, in some ways, you know, in those seven years, we went from, you know, not one of the best to the best and, and accomplished what we needed to accomplish. I felt good leaving the agency in a place with incredible creative leaders. You know, you look around that, that agency and there was amazing creative leaders, uh, very healthy with clients very well respected. So I, I don't think I jumped ship at the wrong time. I think I looked for an opportunity where I can have more impact uh, on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, everybody left and they, they've, they've gone on, can's gone on and 
doing their the thing. The world continues to turn. The world, the world continues to turn. And, you know, I think, you know, we're all part of one tribe in the end. Mm. You know, we're all part of one amazing ecosystem. Um, so talk about when you joined WPP, obviously the vision was to be the most creative company in the world. So talk about how you did that. I mean, there's been a lot of changes at WPP in the past couple of years in terms of their slate of creative agencies. There's been a lot of M&A. There's been a lot of, um, you know, Mark Reed came in, brought in new talent. How have you been able to carry out this, this grandiose in some way vision of being the most creative company in the world? Hmm. Well, great question. I don't think we're there yet. Now we might be there in in, in can you know in a couple of years a couple of years in a row, but you know you never know how that that goes. That's not the only benchmark there is in the world. Um, so it's an ongoing quest. First, first off, it's an ongoing quest. We're we're never quite done, and even when you reach the top, you you staying at the top is a, is a very difficult thing. The most important thing is is hiring great people and finding great people within the organization that just need to be, you know, uplifted, you know, given support. There's a, when I joined, I mean, it wasn't like I joined a, a, a ship going the wrong way. I mean, I joined a ship going in the right direction and just needed a couple more key pieces. You know, a Liz Taylor joining Debica Bulchandani uh, at Ogilvy. That, I think, is a major major move getting Liz to join you know not only one of the top creative leaders in the world you know one of the top females creative leaders you know which is important too to have a real you know balanced you know creative leadership around the world that was important and we've added more and more people and more and more talent you know talent attracts talent success attracts success so as we brought in more talent and not just creative talent different CEOs you know Laura Manis joining Gray in another important move. So talent is everything. And I think we've really invested and then also found people within WPP and moved them into different jobs and different roles. The ability to, to uh, you know, if you're a great employee at WPP in one of the agencies and you see an opportunity somewhere else, we want to move you to that opportunity and help you grow uh, in your career inside WPP. It's, it's different. It's vast enough. There's all different kinds of companies. So I think that's been the major reason why we've had success. Uh, the second reason, I think there is a incredible sense of camaraderie amongst the agencies. You know, our, our, our go-to-market strategy isn't one WPP. It is uh, making sure our strong companies, whether they be media companies or creative companies or other kinds of companies, are all strong on their own merit. But there is a, a central vision of creative transformation. How do we help, you know, uh, how do we use the power of creativity to build better futures for our people, the planet, clients, and communities? I mean, it's such a simple vision and also inspiring vision in a lot of ways. So I think those two things are the reason why we've been successful, but we got to continue to. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the camaraderie piece because I think yeah. it's very different, right? Mark Reed's vision for WPP is very different than how the company ran in the past in terms of creative agencies being very competitive with one another and sort of like using each other as conflict shops and yeah. almost like an, an inspiration like to beat them and be better than them, right? So how has it been for you to sort of work on shifting that mindset toward 
creative agencies working together, whether it's, you know, the biggest example I can think of is Coca-Cola, right? There's tons sure. of yeah, yeah, WPP of creative agencies on that account. Oh, it's so, called WPP's OpenX. OpenX. <laughs> you know, WPP OpenX. Just okay, so yes. That's very that's important. Official, official legal name. Um, so it, it's important, you know, and, and, and the past, yeah, I, I don't know if I would have joined WPP uh, in the past. In fact, I know I wouldn't. You know, Mark and his approach is is the reason I joined. But the biggest surprise I have is how real it is. You know, again, of course, the agencies are competitive. You know, let's not. <laughs> we have incredibly uh, passionate and driven leaders from the creative side and strategy side and CFO side that that want to win and. Of course, you want to win, you know, in new business, you want to win in growth, you want to win in creative awards, you want to win in culture, all those things, winning fixes a lot of things. So it's not just that it's all kumbaya, that we're all holding hands and, you know, you know, uh, pray to the stars together. We are spending a lot of time together as a leadership group, the CEOs, Mark brings the leadership group together, you know, monthly to have a call. And, and we meet together every few, few months for, for, and talk about different things. But in the end, and I think it's for the entire industry. And I start with WPP. I do believe we need to work together to prove our value. So boards of companies and CEOs of companies want to continue to invest more money into the business of advertising and marketing. And I'm including the, the brand managers at clients. I'm including people like you in the press. I'm including the production community. If we don't see ourselves as one big ecosystem that continue has to prove the value of what we bring, not only to people, uh, to the world, to society in general, well, then we're, we're failing. We're always challenged of not getting necessarily paid for the job we get to do as much as we'd love to, or marketing dollars being cut when things aren't going as well. So I think... The more WPP and the companies can work together, even just philosophically or support each other, root for each other, that sim simple thing of how do we root for each other, the better it is for the entire industry on, on a whole. So I, I do think it's good that you're doing podcasts with creative leaders. I think it's good when people write stories about creativity and what we're doing and the positive things we're doing, not just the negative things that maybe come out of our industry once in a while. So, and the losses and the people quitting or the people getting laid off, like how do we start celebrating the magic we are creating daily? Mm. Well, I, I mean, yes, I hear you, but there also are, are challenges, right? In terms of, of like course. bringing different teams together. What are like, I guess, what's yeah. been the biggest challenge for you on that front in terms of like well, keeping, keeping the agencies at the forefront while also kind well, of pushing it, for it, collaboration? It, yeah, well, it's even when we collaborate, it's, it's, it's less a WPP story and more the agencies that are working together. We are not trying to create a WPP creative agency. There, my staff is four people. Eric Monet, the director of creative excellence. Tosh, who works for him, my assistant, Norma, uh, and Eric's assistant. It's, it's four and it's kept small for a reason because we're not trying to create a center agency. OpenX is the operating model WPP OpenX is the operating map for Coca-Cola. It's powered by the agencies. The agencies mm. are doing the assignments. So I, I want to make that very clear. You know that, and we our job is to to make sure the agencies are successful. By that, WPP becomes successful. 
gets more well known. So uh, again, that's our model. Other holding companies have a different model, but this is our model and it's, it's, it's working very well. Mm. So you mentioned, obviously, talent is the key ingredient for any creative agency or creative project. What, as you look at the network, like beyond just, you know, hiring great uh, creative leaders, like what do creative people who work at agencies want today from a company like WPP? And how are you making that happen at the agencies? Mm. What the, well, I think mobility is an interesting thing that maybe in the past was, you know, I, I don't think the management in the past uh, encouraged mobility. And again, I don't want people to see a job opening. I want to go here. You, you have to be in your current job and doing a very good job for a decent amount of time to then look at other opportunities. But in the past, you couldn't even do it. I think it was blocked. So we, we've changed that. You know, Shannon Mormon, she's a director of mobility as long as, as well as being the head of global talent. So it's a discipline within WPP, whereas if you see a job and you, you want to apply for it, we will help make that happen. And, and, and as long as everybody is, is comfortable with it and we've, we've covered on other things. So I think that's a big difference, what we can offer employees. It's such a big company that within WPP, whatever you want to do, whenever you want to try, it's probably available. But you have to be good at your job, too. You have to really put in the work and the time and, the, and have the talent and have the great attitude. So I think that's one of the things we're doing. Um, again, also, how are we looking after? I think WPP, our people operations, Jennifer Remling runs our global. She's my partner. She's the global people operations person. Uh, there's probably more programs within WPP about mentorship and, and employees and how do we help them and making things available and, and really looking after them and health and wellness and, and then as much as probably everybody, anybody else, but I think we've, we invest a lot in that. And I think that's special and we care a lot. And that comes from the top comes from Mark and, and everybody understands we have to, to do that. So I think you have to put that effort into it. You have to have the people who can deliver some of those programs and make them available. So I think that's the other thing, but at least for creative people to, to the fact that Mark has put someone like me as his partner at the highest level inside the, the, uh, the holding company, we call it the creative company. We don't even like to use the term holding company, uh, sent a message to not only the industry, to our own employees, to the mm -hmm. people that are doing that you have that relationship that I think has been maybe miscast, uh, but probably some truth to it between holding company and creative agency, probably everywhere, not, you know, within WPP necessarily. I think that was part of the attraction of me taking that job. How do I fix that relationship? So there's not a mistrust or you're just doing something for money or there's like, how do you have someone who is a creative uh, in those, those rooms that can, can be a voice and say, well, that might make sense this financially, or it might make sense structurally, but it doesn't make sense creatively for what we're trying to do. So I think that means a lot to the creative people working inside the agencies that when there's an issue, they can come to me. doesn't mean I can solve it always, but their voices will be heard. And maybe in the past, everywhere, uh, maybe, maybe it, it felt like that relationship between the holding company and the creative agencies wasn't as good as it could be. So that's one of the things that I, they try to yeah. do. And uh, I think that's worked out. I mean, if you probably ask other people, I think it's that is definitely yeah. worked out in a sense of because um, sometimes just having your voice heard because you know, it, creativity is not a necessarily efficient business. There's a level of chaos and a level of inefficiency that is just built in. And how do we fight for having some of that 
you know, experimentation and failure built into everything we do and not make everything. We're not a consulting company. You know, we are mm-hmm. an agency trying to to bring magical, powerful, effective ideas and campaigns to our clients. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely your hire was a signal that creativity is extremely important, right? For yeah. WPP. I'm curious how you look at like new creative talent and the types of creative talent that you want to bring into the organization to sort of bring it into the future. Like, obviously, there's no shortage of creative people at WPP, but what are the skill sets that are going to sort of propel you guys into, you know, this next well, generation? I, I don't know if it's a skill set, but the, the, the main thing I look for, one, are they a good person? And by the way, it's easy to find out if you're not. So you... you that's what the that's why we do reference checks and that I mean this is a, a business where you have to be inspiring you have to be you know inclusive and you know you have to be an incredible leader and that takes a lot of work and energy and passion to to, to always be on in that way and it can't be fake it has to be genuine so you have to believe it um, but I look for curiosity are you curious about the future are you curious about the tools. Are you curious about AI or are you afraid of it? You know, and it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. Being curious is a, is not necessarily a, a skill you're born with. You know, it's, it's a learned skill, you know, like if you want to learn about AI, like play with it, you know, be curious about it. That's the future of some of the things. I don't know how much AI will be a part of our future, but it's going to be part of our future. And I think we are going to be in the best position to use it because before I've even got here, Mark really invested a lot in technology. Stefan Pristoria is like our head technology, one of my other partners. I mean, spend some time with that guy and you will not only come away educated, you will come away inspired. Mm. And he does it with our own people and he does it with clients. So, I'm inspired by when I sit and listen to him about AI and what it can do and how we can use it. And our creatives are becoming more and more inspired. But the people I want are those that are willing to learn new skills. You know, like being able to write in art direct is and 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 is is one thing, but being able to use technology and and look at ways that brands are wanting to play now, whether it's music, fashion, entertainment, you have to be curious about how we can help those brands be successful in those areas. So Mm -hmm. curiosity is the number one thing I look for. How do you think? Besides being nice. (laughs) Besides being nice. Yeah, that's always important. What's um, what do you think about AI? I mean, there's been so much hype about it, but like, do you see it really impacting the creative business to the extent that some people are hypothesizing? What's your point of view? Well, I mean, it's funny. We, I mean, a year ago, we were talking about the metaverse every other day. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about it now. I think AI is different because uh, because AI is, in, in, for me, is is a, a tool, and hopefully, our creative people will use AI to vet some ideas quickly, to spark some ideas, not to create the ideas. So, again, like in the wrong hands, AI is dangerous. AI is for lazy people, right? But in the right hands, it's just an incredible tool, just like the computer was a tool, just like, you know, digital photography became a tool in a lot of ways versus film to experiment more. 
I think the biggest challenge our industry, there's never enough time and enough money to, to really explore creatively. And things like AI, I do believe will help creative people experiment, fail, try different things, try different looks quicker and faster. And then it's up to, to that at that point, take some of the things and some of the ideas and then craft them into a very unique idea that really lines up with what our brand stands for and what our brands are trying to accomplish. Mm. Do you think like just sort of thinking about the economy that we're in right now and, and in the context of all this crazy innovation that's happening, like do you creative agencies have enough leeway to test these tools right now? Do they have the budgets to play with from their clients or is that sort of becoming an area where clients are cutting back now? That's a great question. I, I think I would maybe ask some clients that for sure. I, I, we're, you know, we're finding ways to experiment and be curious. And sometimes we're investing ourselves. Sometimes we're investing with clients. Um, but money is a real issue. So the best thing to do is keep winning and keep getting assignments. So, and finding some of those brands who want to really invest in it. I think everybody is, you know, has the ambition to, to, to evolve, but you know, the money is a real thing. It's a real challenge. You know, you can't put your head in the sand and, you know, as a creative leader, you also have to understand the financial challenges every brand is under and figure out, okay, how do I, how can I get more with less or do more with less? But curiosity is free. And that's, I'll, I'll come back to that word. It's free. Praise is free. Curiosity is free. Effort is free. So I, I like to look at the things that are free and double down on those. <laughs> I like that philosophy. Um, so one thing that's obviously changed a lot in the past few years is the way that we work. Yeah. Um, for creatives, it's been an adjustment, right, to work from home and then to work hybrid. And yeah. agencies are still sort of like struggling to get people back into the office. No one's really back five days a week that I've heard of. As a creative that's been in this industry for a while, what's your perspective on the way I love we that you work. said a while and not a long, long time. <laughs> that was on purpose. <laughs> You're about to say a long time, but you changed it. I, like it. I like your style. That's good. Now, listen, it's true. Uh, I've been in the industry a long time, and the thought of, you know, if you were to pitch a creative person four years ago and say, listen, you can work at the best, you know, um, company in the world, and you can work you know, two or three days from the office and, you know, Monday and Friday work from home. Like it would be the greatest job in the world. And even as you offer that, at least in the U S I think it's different around the world, you know, the different, there are different parts around the world and a different level of back to the office. Uh, but for sure in the U S uh, and in New York in particular, like getting people back five days a week has, has been a, been a, a bit of a challenge. And what the pandemic had, had proven was that we can still get the work done uh, over things like Teams. But I'm not in the, the business of getting the work done. I'm in the business of being the best mm -hmm. at creative excellence. And I know that when we are together, the work gets better. So, you know, I don't have the data on that. I don't have, but I, I, I know, and I think I am in a decent position to at least be a judge of that, that it definitely is better. One of the reasons it's better is we are such an apprenticeship business. And the danger is that we will continue down a path of maybe it's okay that no one comes in and collaborates together 
on a regular basis as much as we, we have to. And not only the work will continue to be not as good as it could be, in my opinion, across the board, but I think we'll, the, the younger people will learn less or it'll take them more, uh, more time to learn some of the things. I mean, I learned so much just listening to my bosses when they were at a wall talking about a product that I wasn't even on, you know, <laughs> that I was just part of a sitting in my desk, taking my headphones on and just eavesdropping just to learn. And I learned so much and how to interact with other people and interact with clients in a, in a social situation sometimes and these things. That's how I'm always mm-hmm. encouraging our CFOs. Let the creative people go judge award shows. It's free training. Yes. You got to pay for them to maybe take a flight, but being able to be in a room with people you don't work with on a regular basis at a competing agency and how to be diplomatic talking about ideas. That is the, that is the training we need and we need. So I am a hundred percent for getting back to the office as much as possible. Not because I want to, justify why we have real estate is because I care about the work, you know, and I care about the development of young people, not only as great creative professionals, but as, you know, human beings. And, 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 and trust me, I'm learning every day. I I get reminded that I'm not as good as I could be uh, every day. And that's because I'm getting called out of doing something the wrong way or being told, Hey, that, that could have been handled better. It rarely happens on, on teams where you're getting that kind of, of, training, uh, official or unofficial. So I'm, I think we've got to figure out a way. Is your ambition five days a week or like what works now in this, in this context? I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have an ambition. I, I, you know, I would like to work as much as possible, but I understand we are in a new world. We've got to figure out like, not only do we have to be, uh, we have a financial benchmark. I mean, the pandemic has proven a couple things for us, uh, that we, not only have a, we have a creative benchmark now because we have Mark Reed saying, I want to be the most creative company in the world. Forget what I think. We got our CEO saying that. But we've always had a financial benchmark. But the second thing is now we have a human benchmark. You know, we have to, to try to be the, the best place for people to not only want to work for a year, but to spend their career here as, as much as possible. Part of that is like, how are we a inclusive, understanding, you know, inspiring place to work? And if that means not having people work every single day of the week in the office, well, well, so be it. But we've got to have some level of commitment also from employees because we are in a service industry and we are in a creative industry and a creative business that we know collaborating in person is, is how we get to ideas better, faster, quicker. So that's got to be part of it. So everybody's got to sort of sign up for it. So I think, you know, we're committed to, being flexible, but we also need our employees understanding that our business is the ideas, mm-hmm. you know, and if we're not together, we're shortchanging ourselves and, and probably some of our clients in the, in the same, same manner. So I think our people have been very understanding and we're getting, we're starting to see more and more. And, you know, I think our campus strategy is actually a really good one that we're, you know, having agencies in the same, same, same building and, that energy and buzz, I, I, I call it like a lava palooza, you know, like <laughs> that's what I want. I want each floor to feel like it's its own band. And sometimes mm-hmm. those bands collaborate and get together on stage and have some common spaces that are fun. If you work at gray, you're hanging out with someone from Ogilvy and it's natural. It's not forced. 
I think that leads to some really amazing energy, and we've seen it around the world in different campuses. So uh, I think more and more you'll see it. I think you'll start seeing it here in New York at some point that we'll have Mm -hmm. more and more agencies together. And I think it's a good thing, especially as we're doing a hybrid sort of, you know, not every day everybody's going to be there, but like there always should feel like there are people involved that the company is is, is thriving and and, uh, doing well. You know, there's nothing so. less inspiring than an empty office. So. Yeah, no, listen, and, and three days in the office has, has been a pretty good, you know, goal to shoot for. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've uh, encouraged, encouraged everybody to, to look at that as, as a goal. And sometimes it's more and, you know, maybe sometimes it's less if need be. You know, we're doing pitches, mm-hmm. and doing these things. I think, you know, we're, we're, we're working pretty hard for our clients, you know, as, as every holding company and agency is doing, you know, I don't think mm-hmm. we're any different. Everybody's working hard and our clients so, are working hard too, you know? Yes. Everyone's working hard. I'm working hard. We're all working hard. We know how you're working hard. So I want to talk a little bit about awards because I know you've been jury president at Cannes multiple times. You've won multiple times in Cannes. What is your opinion on the role that awards play in the creative industry today? There's obviously an argument that they're extremely important because they allow you to sort of show off your creative prowess and prove that you are a creative company. But at the same time, there's a worry that people create work to win awards as opposed to be effective for their clients. So what's your take on all of that? Well, I've said it before on this podcast, but I've said it for a decade that awards are the byproduct of doing the right thing for our clients, not the motivation. And I think now even the judges, you know, uh, know the level of difficulty of some clients, just the categories. And when you do something amazing, you're awarded higher for that. So I think the judges are understanding more and more like when we're doing it for our real clients, whether they're global, regional, national, or even a, a small, small brand that's in a city, you know, these are the real things that have impact. Of course, doing charity is important and I'm not stopping people from doing it, but I don't see it as the same. I think, um, and I want to teach young creatives, when you do a great idea for one of your brands uh, that is in your agency and it has a big impact and has good business results, you know, because the only metric that matters is bold ideas that lead to wildly successful business results. That's the only metric that matters. So those are two philosophies of mine Awards the byproduct of the motivation and, you know, bold work leading to bold results. Like those are two things I hold people to. Um, but, you know, if you do something for charity, you're going to have a good night in can. If you do something for a Coca-Cola or a Microsoft or a Verizon, you're going to have a great career. That's how you get yeah. my job. If you're interested in this job, which is very hard. <laughs> I would want to. Um, and I think we have to teach young people that and young creatives And there. I think there was a time where, where award shows got a little crazy with charity and, and it was on the same waiting as, as doing something for a, a, a brand and they fixed that. Uh, the one show does not do that as much and can and other, other shows don't do that as much. I mean, these are really, uh, and that, I think the byproduct has been that our, big global brands have seen the value in creative problem solving and creative well-crafted solutions. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing that's happened. And can had done a very good job of bringing clients in a decade ago. And we're seeing the fruits of that labor. We're seeing the fruits of that labor as the best brands in the world, the biggest, most impactful, meaningful brands are doing incredible work. 
And that's the best thing that's happened is that our that our, our brands also understand is like when you really apply creativity to a problem you have as a brand, uh, the solution is not only you're held up as being a brand that's an innovator, you're also seeing business results that you hadn't seen before. So I think that's the that's the future. I think the more and more why awards still matter until they don't matter. You know, there's not that many benchmarks for creativity, but the real benchmark is when you see something that has really had an impact in culture. By the time it gets to Cannes or the one show, uh, it's already won. Right. Well, you you talk a lot about like how creative is the most powerful force in the world and like can have such impact on not just business, but society. So talk about that. Like, how can brands and creative agencies really make an impact, not just the sort of like purpose baiting campaigns that I think you're alluding to for award shows? But what? Well, what I can see. You- I see. I see. Allison, I disagree with you. I think okay. that's a that's a that's a. And you have your opinion, but I I don't think people are making purpose ideas just for award shows. And I don't think young people, I think young people will cancel you as a brand if you aren't doing the right thing. They don't care if you're making money, but you better be doing the right thing. You better be doing right by society, right, right and called right by the environment, right in general. So I think it's imperative. It's a business imperative to be purposeful. And I think if we stop doing purpose, And if we think it's, oh, people are just doing to win awards, like then we've missed it. Like the world needs it. Governments are failing and their their main purpose is to help people. And a lot of it, there's just not enough money, especially in in different struggling countries. They don't have the money to help people. Uh, And sometimes they, they don't have the skill to do it either. And brands have really stepped up and filled that void. And we need to continue that. So if we as an industry take down the very thing that brands are doing that is helping the people in the world because we think it's being awarded too many things in Cannes and, and One Show and other places, then I think we're just you know hurting ourselves and, and hurting culture in, you know, and society in general. So I, I'm a big proponent of purpose, not because it wins awards and not because it's easy to win awards. It's because Brands are really taking on that responsibility of helping people. And it doesn't mean you have to save the world all the time. It could be getting someone from point A to point B faster. It could be making people laugh in an interesting and, 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 and purposeful way. So I think if it lines up with the brand's DNA, then I'm all for it. If it's just done so obviously to win an award, we sniff that out. Mm, yeah. So I guess That's just, just my opinion, sort of- So you and well, I, a- I like it. Point, counterpoint. Point and counterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I'll make another controversial statement yeah. that you might yeah. disagree with. So yeah. just looking at the Super Bowl this year, the quality yeah. of the work was not, in my opinion, as good as it has been in the past. Uh, do you think that's a result of like what the industry has gone through the past few years? Do you think there needs to be like a creative reckoning in the industry? Like what what do you make of the quality of the work in general right now? And what would you like to see change, if anything? Well, I thought... Again, I'm not going to disagree, but I think we will look back at this years of the pandemic. And this past year was still a year of the pandemic. We're still dealing with it and still still trying to figure out hybrid working and 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 all those things. I think we've done an amazing job as, a, as an industry of of two in, in two ways. And I've said this before, so if, if you've heard it before, I apologize, but it, it, it's worth repeating again. I think the way that we helped our brands that we represent, that we are agents for, 
show up in, in, in society during the time of the pandemic where people were relying on brands more than maybe their own governments and had trust in brands than their governments and that the stability they provided. If, if one of these major brands went out of business versus a government going out of business, it would have been worse. If Walmart or Verizon or Microsoft said, yeah. we can't make our numbers, so the stability, so our jobs to keep those brands healthy and help them, besides providing goods and services, they provided stability. So the job we did helping those brands seem relevant, tell the right story, be, be uh, uh, sympathetic and empathetic and also be inspiring and then continue to push themselves with products and innovations and all these things. Like we were a big part of that as an agency. So I, I think we played an incredible role and I think it's one of the shiny moments of, of our industry and for creativity. And then I look at the work and I certainly look at last year's Super Bowl and the year before and last year at Cannes. I mean, there was a lot of amazing, go back and look, there was a lot of amazing work. I get that we were one holding company of the year, but there was a lot of amazing work from everybody. So I think it was an incredibly strong year coming off a literal lockdown pandemic. So we can say what we want to say about the Super Bowl this year, but it's kind of like every year, you know, like it's kind of like the Oscars or the BAFTAs, like, Maybe a year is not as strong in the best, best actress you know, category or best picture category, but something always wins. There are things, there are some shiny moments, there are some good things. So we had a, a number of things in the Super Bowl. I'm very proud of the work we did. Um, but again, every, every year, you know, it, it, I hear this comment, you know, every other year in the Super Bowl or every year, year it can. And it's, it's, it's up and down, you know. I, I do think we, we showed up pretty well. Yeah, I think... Was there an it's a tide ad? Was there, you know, uh, a think different ad? You know, like, I don't know, probably not this year, uh, but there was the year before and there was a the year before that. And so I, I feel it's just we didn't hit it as hard as maybe as we wanted to for, for whatever reasons. But I think there was still some very entertaining. I mean, I was on the Today Show talking about it like it's very entertaining. And I think. There were there are some great highlights of that of this year, but again, you know, again, and and hopefully we all look at it and say maybe we could have done better if we all think that. Uh, but I think we go into it every year hoping to do our best, partnering with our clients uh, with the great ambition to, to be the best. And mm -hmm. some years are better than others. Well, I'm personally excited to see what Can looks like this year and what yeah. WPP yeah. brings to the table. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, it's a tricky one, right? You know, it's, wow. uh, well, uh, again, yeah, different, different judges, different years, different vibes, different years. You know, you never know. Uh, I, I go into it every year thinking we have nothing and then you win by 400 points, you know, like you never know. <laughs> uh, and things just take on a life of their own, something gets a good score on a Monday and people are talking about it. So it's it's a bit of an uncontrollable thing. Um, and in my job, I'm really at the mercy of, of, of how well our agencies do. I help, of mm -hmm. course, on different things, but, you know, uh, behind the scenes as much as I can for people. But, you know, I've, I've hired the Liz Taylors and the Debbie Van Dievens have been at VML YNR and, and uh, the, the creative leaders of, of all of our companies, like Boz and Daniel, and it, they they have the the the, uh, 
the wheel, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they've really got to keep pushing it. And I know they are. And we've, we've set up some great systems. We brought in Eric Monet from uh, my old partner to run global creative excellence and set up even more processes and, 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 and ways for us to be successful. So we're, we're doing everything we can to do as, as well as we can. But my hope is somebody does something amazing or something mm-hmm. is held up as really amazing as industry changing. Cause in the end, we are one tribe, one ecosystem, uh, and we've got to continue to prove our value. So I want there to be things that people talk about. I'd love it to be WPP, but the worst thing can happen if it's nothing and it's nobody yeah. and, and we aren't really talking about how we're evolving. Uh, th- that's my, I know it sounds a little bit Pollyanna. I know it sounds like I'm trying to be a cheerleader for the industry, but I, I, I truly am because I know uh, everything goes up when we all do well. You know, and there's Rising tide story. lifts all boats. Yeah. I always get that phrase wrong, so I don't say it. So I'm so happy <laughs> you said it for me, Allison. You're you're my interpreter. You knew what I was trying to say. Well, on that note, um, thank you so much, Rob, for for chatting with me, and I will see you on the French Riviera. Yeah, in a few for weeks. sure. I, I, maybe I'll be doing a podcast there. Uh, my new one's called Screaming Creativity that I'm working on with Spotify, and I think we're actually going to bring it to Cannes. So awesome. Uh, yes. You know, everyone so check out Rob's podcast after you listen to all of mine too. So. Yes. Well, my, mine's in learning <laughs> development now, but you know, I, I love ideas that the world talks about that the press writes about and people love share and spread. And those ideas are usually scream in, in culture. So that's what the, the podcast is all about. But uh, I appreciate awesome. you guys, you doing this and, and caring about creativity. Like I know you do. So I appreciate it. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.